Catch the best prep football show in the country. Ken Trahan's original prep football report Friday nights during the football season on 1061 Nash Icon WRKN, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville and Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area and by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Monday night edition here on 1061 FM. Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. You can access our tuning app through iHeart anywhere in the world to listen in. Of course, via Alexa, just tell her to play WRKN or play Nash Icon 1061 FM. Our podcast posted at CrescentCitySports.com immediately following the show to check us out, listen back, and see what you missed, or just to hear back what we spoke about. Or you can call the show 504 260 1061 260 Want to email? It's Ken at com. We'll talk a little bit later with Lisa Stockton, the head women's basketball coach at Tulane. We'll also chat in a little bit with Frank Selfo, head coach of the Southeastern Louisiana Lions, on their way to the FCS playoffs. But first, we'll talk about the New Orleans Saints, three losses in a row, uh, demonstratively defeated despite the final score. Just whipped up front on both sides of the balls at Philadelphia in the 40-29 to defeat. Joining us now to talk about the Saints and the ongoing issues with injuries in particular. From Saints News Network, Kyle Mosley. Kyle, it's always a pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving week. How you doing, Ken? Thanksgiving to you and your family as well. Thank you, my friend. Listen, obviously, no one feels sorry for anyone at any level about injuries. It's part of the game. But it's very fair to say that the Saints, really for two years now, have had an inordinate number of injuries to deal with. It's just been bad luck. I've always said you have to be good and you have to be lucky if you want to be great. And the Saints have been pretty good at times, not good, and they certainly haven't been lucky, correct? This year it seems like it's a, a, a fair measure of bad luck on their side. Look, those guys are a walking mash unit, you know, and Adam Troutman just got added to the list. He's out approximately, what, four weeks? You look at Kamara, you look at all the rash of injuries that has really plagued the Saints offense. Uh, Losing Winston was a big blow. Kamara for these past couple of games was a big blow. But I think all in all, the offensive line is where you really see the need that uh, the Saints need to have a little bit better depth. Uh, 
Doc Martin is doing his best to replace Andrew Pete. The two tackles, Hurst and Young, they were just outclassed yesterday, and it was very apparent. And the young guard, Cesar Ruiz, oh, man, he missed a couple of crucial blocks. And I, I just think if you don't have your offensive line playing and protecting uh, a backup quarterback, you're going to have further more <laughs> further problems than you really want in the National Football League. And I, I just don't see how these guys can really get it together if they don't limit the penalties, if they don't limit some of the miscues, the technique, and, and the missing assignments. It, they have to be able to stop this now. There's only seven games left to the season. They still could be able to right the ship and be able to win some of these games. Can they do it? We shall see. Well, the offensive line, they've got a ready-made excuse with both tackles out. And, of course, you mentioned Ruiz. I mean, he has not graded well via pro football focus, which I reference all the time. And, of course, the naked eye tells you a lot as well. And you start to wonder about whether this was a good enough draft pick or not at this stage. It's still a little bit early, but he's in his second season in the league starting at the same position. He did have to play center when Eric McCoy was hurt in defense of him, and he did that and tried to hold his own but got you know, kind of overpowered at times there. So there has to be a concern there. And, of course, the other concern clearly has to be what happened uh, up front on defense because they've been number one in the league against the rush, and they just got knocked off the line of scrimmage and punished yesterday. Yeah, but, Ken, you knew what type of team these guys were going to be when you took the field. Mm-hmm. Dennis Allen talked about it in his presser. He knew how well the, the Eagles were going to perform. So he had to be able to get these guys up to snuff and be able to know what to expect. You saw a loss of containment on the edge. You saw Jalen Hurts just breaking ankles, and I was just like, he was mystifying some of those guys. Uh, what he did to P.J. Williams to be one of the highlights for ESPN. But I don't know. It, it just seemed as though the whole team was kind of still lethargic, sleepwalking. I, I guess they expected to just come into uh, Lincoln Field and, and be able to win, but I just didn't understand how some of the protections was going. I didn't understand, like you said, on the defensive side, how you're just going to allow the, the, the running backs to just come through the gaps. Where was the, the help and support from the linebacking core? It, they just performed very poorly, especially that first pass. Visiting with Kyle Mosley of Saints News Network. Trevor Simeon, I thought, in the first two games played pretty well overall. Uh, not as much yesterday. He played better in the fourth quarter. That seems to be a pretty consistent trend. He always comes on and plays well in the fourth quarter, and they rally, and, and obviously they're buried, and it's hard to come back and win when you're down double digits, as they've tried to do uh, the last few weeks. So overall, can't really fault him. I think he's done a good enough job. The pick six notwithstanding, which was clearly a, not a good decision or throw, but he's been okay. I mean, he's minded the ship fine. Uh, obviously, it's not a very strong position. They don't have a quarterback that can lift the level of other players. But with all due respect, he doesn't have Kamara. He doesn't have Thomas. He doesn't have any receivers that can really make a play. And when Adam Troutman is your number one option, that tells you something, doesn't it? Yeah, 
It tells you something that there was a lack of planning for the wide receiving core, and we have been mentioning this for years about how the New Orleans Saints needed to have somebody other than Trey Juan Smith behind Michael Thomas to be able to go ahead and be that number two receiver, right? Uh, when Ted Ginn was in place, they kind of got complacent and thought he was going to be the answer, but he was aging and he was also losing some speed. But at least Ginn had the ability to get open. Uh, Kenny Fields has really been a surprise. I-, I thought the veteran presence that he would have would be able to get in. He's dropped quite a few passes. Uh, they didn't even target him on yesterday. Um, Look, look, Ken, you've seen enough of New Orleans Saints football all your years, as well as I. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a, a repetition of the same old, same old. And I wonder if we have to keep on coming back in the fourth quarter and have uh, all the numbers that we have in the fourth quarter. That's indicative of how you played the first half. If you play poorly, you can't run the ball. You don't commit to running the football. It's really a bad sign. I think they should have, and I'm just from an outsider and I'm a layman, but from the outsider looking in, why wouldn't we have committed to running the football more with Mark Ingram? He had enough burst, enough explosion, and he's, he was able to be effective on the, on the ground. Now, he did fumble the ball. He did put the football on the uh, football field, but at least Mark Ingram was out catching the passes. He was doing the things that he needed to do to kind of help the New Orleans Saints. If Kamara is still out for another uh, game, you would have to consider running the the, uh, the offense through Kamara, I mean, through Ingram, and have him in a Kamara-like state because there's nobody else out there who can really do it. The other issue was Taysom Hill, of course, uh, it was kind of peculiar, I thought, that they, they dressed him yesterday and yeah. he stood on the sideline and wore a, you know, a beanie cap the whole game and never set foot on the field, not on special teams, not on offense. I, I guess the thought process was if anything happened to Simeon, they didn't want to have Book as the guy in the game. They wanted Hill, but in the process, you took a roster spot and a guy who does so many other things that help your team Never set foot on the field. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty puzzling as well. You deactivate Brooks. You keep the, uh, your most explosive offensive player out there on the sideline. Um, then today you give him a, a hybrid contract extension, right? Right, <laughs> right. It's just it's, – it's very interesting what the Saints are doing. The front office has been manipulating. But I wonder right now at this point of the season, was it because there wasn't an, more of an emergency type of quarterback out there to be able to help out? I know Kamara, he could be able to fill in as the fourth quarterback, uh, from mm-hmm. my understanding. Uh, right. But Ian Book, I was just kind of curious, why wouldn't you have him as the emergency quarterback unless you're not comfortable with him being in that position? Yeah, that had to be the thought process, and it's, it's obvious they're not that comfortable with Hill being the quarterback. Otherwise, he'd be playing right now, right? So, yeah, I, and, but and yet, why the, hi, but Kim, and, why the hybrid deal? Then? Well, I, I, listen, 
I'm a Taysom Hill fan as a player. I still have serious doubts about him being an NFL quarterback. Certainly doubts about being a starter. He's, yeah. a, he's been a really good player for this team. He's a great teammate. And they all love him. He plays 100% all the time. I'm all for the guy. But he's getting paid a lot of money to not be a quarterback, basically, right? A lot of money is going into Taysom Hill. And I, I'm right there with you. I love everything about Taysom Hill. He's one of the old throwback type of football players that you want to have that can do everything. And if uh, given the opportunity, I believe Taysom Hill can even play defense if you need him to, right? But I just I think the Saints really can be able to right the ship if they concentrate on rushing the football. When you have two young tackles like that, instead of exposing them to – pass rushes, I would have concentrated on trying to rush the football and see if I could be able to ground and pound it out and wear down the Eagles defense before going to the air. I don't know if the play calling is the, the point, but also some of the execution has to be taken into account by the players and some of the penalties as well. So can they be able to write it, man? I, I, I think right now it's going to be a tall order. It's just up to the players and it's up to the coaches to put it all together. Yeah, I think it's going to be difficult. Buffalo is, is a really inconsistent team. Uh, they're good, but they're not that good based upon what we've seen most recently getting ripped at home by the Colts. And people have been running the ball on them, so that should be an, a, encouraging for the Saints, although their offensive line is so chopped up and, and there's probably no Camara. Dallas will be... Loaded for bear. If they get their receivers healthy, they're going to be hard to stop. Coming in here, Carolina will not be an easy game, obviously, on the road. And the Falcons always play the Saints tough regardless. So, look, I, I picked them 8-9 and nine before the season started. And the reason I did is because of the uncertainty at quarterback and because of the lack of death. And unfortunately, that lack of death was called on pretty early and often because of the injuries. And it's playing out that way. The other side of the equation is this. Who is really good in the NFL? Yesterday, Houston beats Tennessee at Tennessee. You know, the week before the Rams are supposed to be the anointed ones, they get their butts handed to them at home by San Francisco. I, I could go on and on. This is such a weird season. There doesn't seem to be any one or two or even three dominant teams that you would say, oh, absolutely, these are the teams, right? Yeah, I mean, and look, the Chiefs, offense is awful right now. Mm -hmm. They are awful. If it were not for that defense, they would have lost against the Cowboys on yesterday. Right. Look at everything. Remember when the New York Giants went on that run late in the season to win the Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. Could a team right now who was kind of struggling the first half of the season start putting some of their pieces together, start getting healed up, and getting back onto the field, could they be the type of team to go on the run and go toward the Super Bowl? And uh, last season, remember, Tampa Bay was in that same predicament. Correct. So, I don't know. It's hard to say right now with the Saints having a journeyman as a backup quarterback, can they do it? But like you said, also, can the first couple of games, it wasn't Trevor Simeon's fault that the New Orleans Saints lost. Nope. And pick six notwithstanding yesterday, uh, that didn't help. It hurt 
but he's not the reason they lost the game. They lost because they couldn't they couldn't stop the Eagles from running the football at all. Right. And right. you know and that and, and certainly the the turnovers hurt. Seventeen points off three turnovers, two of them interceptions. So you can say that he he definitely hurt them yesterday. He threw three touchdowns, and like I said, he played well in the fourth quarter, but too late. And obviously, they have more problems uh, than the quarterback position right now. Bottom line is, if you can't win up front, you can't win. And one of the other problems they've had all season long is the lack of a pass rush. You know, Marcus right. Davenport's back, and he's doing some good things in that area. Not as good against the run. Cam Jordan, unfortunately, is now starting to show some age with regard to pass rush. Peyton Turner's not played, basically, this year, and mm-hmm. he was being counted on. So the pass rush is just not there. Meanwhile, we watched Trey Henderson get a, a strip sack yesterday. He's got, what, eight and a half, nine sacks now? And yeah. I understand why they didn't pay him because of Davenport, because of Jordan, and then they drafted Turner. But uh, it's clear to me now that last year was not an aberration. Hendrickson's a real good player. Hendrickson's a good player, and he's gone to the Bengals. He's showing up, and especially, I think, early on the season, he was one of the lead leaders in sacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for a lot of Saints fans to – talk against Cam Jordan for everything that he has meant to the organization. But when they also lost Granderson and also lost uh, K-Pass, it it was Mm -hmm. very, very glaring that you can't get to the quarterback, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if Cam will be better serving at defensive tackle at times versus at end. And I know I may get uh, some hate mail for saying that, but yeah. I don't know. He's always a step, step behind. Yep. No, and I said that. A couple of seasons. I said that before the uh, season started. I said he, they might be better served to play him inside and play, you know, passing yon along with Granderson and Turner and Davenport on the outside. So you're right. Yeah. At this stage of his career, maybe that is the the best move that they could make. Bottom line is. Uh, they're in a world of hurt right now because of injuries. If they get people healthy, they can compete, especially in this league of parity. But uh, Thursday night is a, is a huge game against another team that's struggling. Another wounded animal coming to visit you. <laughs> Not a good sign, right? Um, mm-hmm. But you're wounded as well. What are you going to do? And that's going to be, a, I guess, a defining game of the season for the New Orleans Saints, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And if they can be able to write the ship on national television, Drew Brees is getting honored uh, at halftime and, and really put it all together. But if they suffer one of these uh, catastrophes out on the field, it's going to be a long, long end of the season. I'll be there right there in the press box looking at it, and I'm just going to wonder how these guys are going to put it all together. And I hope that the Saints use a more methodical approach to the game instead of trying to uh, throw as much as they have been. And mm-hmm. where was Dewan Johnson? When you need somebody who's in- inactive, yep. from, uh, a linebacker, Ken, where, yep. why would you uh, start him and, and put uh, Vanette in? So I, yep. I didn't understand some of the, the logic behind some of the uh, actives and inactives. You know, I would get the Vanette thing if they were going to stay committed to the run, because he's obviously a much better blocker. But 
You're right, I lacked another weapon in the process. Saints News Network is where you can find Kyle Mosley, who does an outstanding job. Kyle, thank you for the time. Really appreciate it, and we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Ken. Tight care, and happy holidays to you and your family. You got it, buddy. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We'll take a brief time out. 2601060, Frank Selfo of Southeastern Louisiana joins us next. Talk about his team's playoff appearance. Still to come, Lisa Stockton of Tulane. As we continue here on 1061 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. 1061 Nash Icons. Nash, ticket back. The only station in New Orleans with tickets for you to see. Clint Black, Eric Church, Dan and Jay, and Luke Combs. Get the code to text every weekday while you work with Scott Innes. The Nash Ticket Bash. Only from New Orleans Country Giant. 1061 Nash Icon. I got to tell you, the Ford F-150 and I, well, we're kind of like family. Ford's the number one selling truck in America for 42 years, and Lamarck's the number one Ford dealer. So come get your number one truck from your number one dealer, Lamarck Ford, where everybody gets remarkable deals and service. And wait till you see what we've done and still doing to the big store in Kenna. We're using local money, not Wall Street money. Visit Lamarck.com for more details. Drive safely, my friends. Number one claim based on 2018 new Ford vehicle retail sales report, Memphis Region Zone E. What's all the buzz about nasal irrigation and navage, navage, navage? And should I try it? Here's the science. Airborne germs invade through your nose. It's the body's air filter for trapping allergens and viruses. When your nose gets clogged, it's less effective and germs multiply. Eventually, your immune system can get overwhelmed and you get sick. Nasal irrigation is an effective, all-natural way to clean your nose. It's not a drug. It's more like plumbing. Saline goes in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out the other nostril, flushing out mucus and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage to make cleaning your nose easy. It's the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage pulls out the bad stuff so you can breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier. At Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, Bed Bath, and Walmart. Or go to Navage.com for a free gift with purchase. Over two million sold. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. This report is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the best place to listen for everything you're into, from comedy and motivation to popular podcasts and best-selling audiobooks. Right now, take advantage of a special holiday offer and save 60% on your first three months. Learn more and sign up at audible.com. I'm Ken Trahan. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The New Orleans Saints turned the ball over three times, resulting in 17 Philadelphia points as the Eagles downed the Saints 40-29 to in Philadelphia Sunday. The Saints could not stop the run either, allowing 242 yards to the Eagles. Trevor Simeon threw three touchdown passes, but suffered two interceptions, including a pick six. Mike Ingram had 16 carries for 88 yards, losers of three straight. Now 5-5, five and five, the Saints have a short week before hosting Buffalo Thanksgiving night. Southeastern Louisiana will compete in the FCS playoffs, hosting Florida A&M at 6 p.m. Saturday. The winner of the game will travel to face third seed James Madison December 4th. Georgia remains the unanimous number one team in the new Associated Press College Bowl. Ohio State up to second, Alabama third, Cincinnati fourth, Notre Dame fifth. The Sunbelt Football Championship set. The Raging Cajuns will host Appalachian State Saturday, December 4th at 3-15. The Pelicans are back in action tonight at home against Minnesota. And in college basketball, unbeaten LSU will host Belmont tonight. Tulane plays Drexel at the Nassau Championship. And at 7-0, second-ranked Loyola plays Baptist Bible College in Panama City, Florida. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. 
Louisiana broadcasters are looking for the best of the best, announcing the 2022 LAB Broadcast Scholarship Program. Two $2,000 scholarships are available to Louisiana broadcasting students. For complete details, please call 1-800-364-7260 or go to broadcasters.org. Deadline for entry is January 28, 2022. The Louisiana Association of Broadcasters Scholarship Program, good for you, good for us, great for Louisiana. When you needed your mom, she was always there with the Vicks VapoRub. Its soothing scent calmed you back then, and it still does today. Awaken those childhood memories with the care and comfort of Vicks VapoRub, trusted for generations. Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. As you heard, fourth time in school history, Southeastern competing in the FCS playoffs. Florida A&M, the Rattlers, come to Hammond this Saturday at 6 p.m. at Strawberry Stadium. Great accomplishment for Frank Selfo's Lions, second time in three years in the playoffs. And the outstanding head coach of the Lions, Frank Selfo, joins us now. Frank, first and foremost, congratulations. Look, it's the body of work. You earned this thing. Even when you walked off that field last Thursday night, I said immediately, I was talking to Lenny Van Gilder, I said, they're in. They've got to be in. And that turned out to be true. It did, Kenny. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, you just don't want to walk off the field like that. Uh, when you leave it in somebody else's hands, then you're never sure what's going to happen. That's why it's so important when you have an opportunity to do things on your own and take uh, control of the situation, do it. And uh, we didn't get it done, Nichols and Tim Reboot in my hats off to them. They did a great job coming in here doing what they did against us and, uh, you know, put us in that position. But Sunday was a – you flipped the script. And on Sunday, we were able to wake up and watch the selection show, and boom, and our name popped up, and every everybody jumped up and down, and we, we celebrated, and we're moving on. Yeah, not to digress about the game except for one. Just briefly, I – it looked for a while you had control of the game. You're moving the ball extremely well, scoring – and then there's a stop or two, and they score. And uh, I give them a lot of credit. First of all, it's tough to play a team like that twice in one season. We'll start there. Secondly, I give Coach Rebo a lot of credit because they didn't have Gums. They didn't have Dixon. They alternated quarterbacks of sorts, and, and yet they still played very well. So that's a good program, and, and they've done it for a long time. They clinched a winning season. But Southeastern is the one that's playing in the postseason. So we move on from that. Florida A&M. You know anything about them? Have you had a chance to look at them hard yet? We did, Ken. We got everything in yesterday and uh, yesterday and last night and again today. They're a quality football team that's balanced on both sides of the ball. Offensively, they're uh, about 50-50 run-pass ratio. Uh, the quarterback's very good. He's a great decision-maker. He's, uh, he's thrown it over. They've thrown it over 300 times this year in 10 games or 11 games, and he's only thrown six picks. So he's you know, you know what he's doing. He's an accurate thrower, but he also knows what he's doing, where he's going with the ball. And then I think their running game is really good. They got an explosive back back there that's, you know, quick and nimble. And then uh, uh, they got a big guy that uh, they follow him up with, uh, you know, uh, a bigger kid that pounds the ball. So they're, they're going to present quite a challenge. If they look at the Nichols game, I'm sure that's what they're going to come to do is come run the football right at us. And then defensively, they're number one in the nation and yardage given up and Six and points uh, given up, you know. So uh, we know they're good there. They've got their the defensive end, Isaiah Land, is number one in the country in tackles for losses and sacks. He's got 19 and a half sacks, which is that's an unheard of number, you know. And uh, 
So we're gonna we we got to know where he is at all times, and we got to be able to do some things protection wise uh, to nullify who he is. Of course, the news coming out today that Cole Kelly is once again a Walter Payton Award finalist. He won this award last year. Teams are never about one guy, but this guy's gotten a lot of attention, and rightfully so. It's not just the numbers he's put up. It's how he's done it. People look at him, and I saw him and did one of his games in high school, and you never think he could be an effective runner, but he's an effective runner. He's big and strong. He gets north and south. He moves chains, scores touchdowns, makes plays, and, of course, he can throw all the routes. This is a well-deserved honor once again to be considered a finalist, right? Yeah, you know, and and I look, the guys will tell you around here, I'm not a big individual honor guy. It's such a this sport is is the is the greatest team sport in in the world and so I'm not a, I'm not a big individual guy but what Cole has done this fall uh he's put himself far and above everybody else what they've done he's going to he's going to set some records that'll be there for a long time and he's the only guy in the country that's in the top 10 in rushing touchdowns and passing touchdowns that's unheard of and uh you know for him to complete 75 74.9 or whatever percent of his passes we're not a dink and dunk football team. We don't throw a bunch of bubble screens. We throw the ball down the field, and uh, he's been able to do that. We, we, I mean, he just—he's been an accurate throw, but he's done so much better this whole fall than what he even did in the spring. What the numbers that he put up in the spring were really good, and he won the award then, and he's even topped that this fall. So I don't—I mean, I just—I I don't see any other way but for him to go back to back and win this thing, yeah. Yeah, for people who aren't aware, I mean, he's rushed for 16 touchdowns. He's easily your yeah. leading rusher, easily your leading rusher on your team, and he's thrown for 38. That's 54 touchdowns. He completes over 74% of his passes. He's only thrown six picks. He's accurate. He can throw the deep ball. Uh, again, uh, this is it's a dream scenario. I mean, you had a guy, a quarterback before him, and a guy that played at the same time as him that was a really good athlete that could run. This is a totally different kid and totally different runner, but every bit is effective. Yeah, he, he, and like I said, Cole, where Cole's value with us, all those numbers are good. His value with us is his leadership and what he does in the locker room and on the practice field. Uh, he has taken his team by the horn and, and said, let's go, and, and he, he, he doesn't run out in front and say, come on, he gets behind him and pushes. And I think that's the beauty of what he's done and how he's doing it. And I just, you know, I, I don't know. I, sometimes you don't realize when these guys come along, and I've had some really good quarterbacks, and this is one of them. And it just, you know, you just got to sit back and appreciate it. That's why if you hadn't seen us play, get out here Saturday, man. Uh, obviously, the pageantry with FAMU coming in is going to be awesome. But uh, to watch two good football teams play and then watch Cole Kelly play is going to really be a special treat. Well, you've had a chance to work with good quarterbacks and you helped develop those guys over the years, whether it was Sean King or J.P. Lossman or Patrick Ramsey, to name a few who are really good players and all of whom went on and played at the next level. And I believe this young man can, too. And I think he, he deserves to be given the chance. One of the things that stands out about what he's done is how he spread the wealth. I mean, you look at the numbers of your receivers, and you would think that with all these completions and touchdowns, somebody would have 60 catches, 1,000 yards. Not at all. you got a bunch of guys that have 20-plus catches, that have 300-plus yards, and that have multiple touchdowns. I mean, this has truly been a team effort, and he's really spread them all around. Yeah, and, and look, you know the relationship between a quarterback and receiver is special, and that tells you so much. That's indicative of how he's been able to grab that group around him and uh, encircle himself with those guys. 
including our tight ends and running backs. And all those guys work so well together. He spent a lot of time this summer with them in one-on-one situations, getting to know them, uh, finding out what they like. And that's what we see. We're seeing that that uh, relationship explode out on the, on the game field. And, you know, and that's why he's able to do that. Because of the relationship he developed with those guys, that's why he's able to be as accurate as he's been because he trusts them. They trust him. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're on the same page. Well, the experience of 2019 – as we get set to close things down with Frank Selfo, how much does that carry over? How many kids that were part of that are still part of it? And what do you take from it? And do you think it will contribute to you being able to handle the situation well? Yeah, it does. It, uh, you know, it's been a lot calmer today than it was uh, a Monday two years ago. And, uh, but I think it really, it's, it's helped. The benefit is coming from the staff. You know, uh, I'd never been in the playoffs. Ken, I'd been involved in the bowl system for 25 years and, you know, so when you go to a bowl game, you play in the bowl game, and you know it's after the end of the game, no matter what happens, you're done. And this is not like that. The playoffs is just a – there's a heightened intensity involved in it where, you know, you want to keep playing, and you have an opportunity to keep playing, but you got to win. And if you don't win, you're done. And, uh, you know, so it's a, it's, a, it's a situation where we sometimes the gravity of it doesn't quite hit you until you're right in the middle of it. And then – uh, you know, back then we didn't. We won the first game against Villanova, which was great. That was here at home. And then uh, going up to Montana, got beat up there. But uh, this time we made a few adjustments, a few changes to kind of help uh, kind of smooth some things out, for, you know, getting ready for another home game and uh, moving forward from there. Yep, and if you can somehow win, not as far as Montana, but to Virginia, and at least you know what's ahead of you if you're able to be successful. It's Saturday night at Strawberry Stadium at 6 p.m. It's Florida a m taking on the Southeastern Louisiana Lions. Frank, listen, thank you. Appreciate the time. Great job. We'll be watching, and hopefully you can pull this thing off and go to Virginia, yeah? Well, uh, th- thank you, Ken. I mean, our, our players have earned this opportunity, and uh, we're going we're gonna to try to do our best to take advantage of it and do the best that we can. And we can't. I, I hope that everybody comes out. I really do. I hope the stadium's packed, and uh, it's going to be a heck of a show. I promise you, between two good football teams and great weather. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. All right, a brief timeout, 260-1061. Tulane women's basketball off to a great start. And the architect, Lisa Stockton, will join us next as we continue with all access on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. Bears Po' Boys at Gennaro's at 3206 Metairie Road at Causeway Boulevard is open daily at 11 a.m. Bears Signature New Orleans' famous roast beef po' boy is the best in the area, and the roast beef debris and gravy fries are great. Make sure you add a cold box and some homemade onion rings. Bears has a great menu of specialty burgers, almost as big as hubcaps. Get a beverage at Gennaro's where you can order late-night food as well. Bears has a new location at 3804 Veterans Boulevard in Metairie, open at 11 a.m. daily except for Mondays with the same great menu and service. That's Bears Po' Boys, now with two great locations, and Brian A. Bear, Rumble Class of 1983. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food at a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's has it all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Mark. Or Rumble. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. Come rain or shine, high winds or mild breezes, blue skies or gray, it's a great time to consider getting vaccinated against COVID-19. Brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. 
homecoming is back at Dillon University. And DU is taking on XU Friday at 5.30 at the Lakefront Arena. Dillon hosts Xavier and the Crescent City's oldest college rivalry. Pick your squad. Is it Girdtown or is it Gentilly? Friday at the Lakefront Arena. Get your tickets today at DillardBlueDevils.com. That's Dillard, B-L-E-U, Devils.com. DU. This report is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the best place to listen for everything you're into, from comedy and motivation to popular podcasts and best-selling audiobooks. Right now, take advantage of a special holiday offer and save 60% on your first three months. Learn more and sign up at audible.com. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and the newly relaunched WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon, presented by Graham Marnier. Party like you're in the Middle Ages at Renfest, taking place this Friday through Sunday and weekends through December 12th in Hammond. Or work that turkey off this Saturday night at Shenanigans in Metairie at the 4th Annual Bird Bash with DJ Trashy and many others. For more info on what to do this weekend, log on to the newly relaunched whereyat.com and click on the community calendar. And be sure to pick up the new issue of Where You At Magazine in locations all over town. Cumulus New Orleans. Incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access. Not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. You want to talk about accomplishments? Well, you can talk about 607 wins in 28 years, winning 65% of her games, and of course taking her teams to multiple postseason tournaments and being recognized properly on so many occasions as Coach of the Year, in her conference, and continuing to do it at a very high level with the team that's undefeated at 4-0 right now. It's great to welcome a friend, Lisa Stockton, to the show from Tulane University. Lisa, listen, thank you. Congratulations on the fine start. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on, Ken. Well, it's my pleasure. First and foremost, 4-0. Start right there. You have to be pretty happy with what you've seen thus far. Yeah, we, we really are. We felt like um, this early schedule was going to be a little, a little challenging for us and um, wasn't sure, especially some road games here, wasn't sure how we could handle it. But it's, it's been great. I think the kids have really stepped up and met the challenge, and um, they're, they're really excited about the season. Well, you started off with a you know, hard fought, went over Southeastern, and then you go and, to Tuscaloosa and, and beat Alabama 69-66. Then you turn around and you play this – this, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, marathon, I guess, against TCU. I was following the game, by the way, from start to finish, and I thought that was amazing. It's a gut-check win, and then you finally get a breather and beat South Alabama convincingly. So I guess from afar, what I'm looking at early on is you've got some toughness here. you got some bottom because you've won some tough games. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. You know, People talk about you've got experience and You've got talent, but I think the key factor is what you said. I think it's toughness. Like you, uh, you go into a double overtime game. I, I really felt like when that second overtime, um, the team looked at me and, and just said, "We got it. We got this, coach." And, and yeah, they they just took over the second overtime. So that's good to see. Um, and honestly, they look like they're having fun doing it. I mean, they really. Um, 
just one connection. I think they really enjoy playing with each other. And if we can keep that going, I think we've got some good days ahead. Well, when you look at what your team's done thus far, I guess you have to start with a young lady I'm really familiar with because I did some of her games at Destrahan. They had an undefeated season, and she was a pleasure to watch. Uh, Moon Erson, of course, she comes in via Baylor. She's back home. I know you would love to have had her there from the start, but you got recruited by a big-time program and obviously won you know, big-time at Baylor, and yet she's come in here, and the numbers are clear. She's been really good for you. How about the person? When you get somebody coming from a, an elite national program like that, maybe the first thought is, hmm, I wonder how she's going to fit in with us. It seems to me that she's fit in pretty well. Well, it, as impressive as her numbers are, I, I think she's been more impressive um, as a teammate and a leader. Uh, she's come in and just really told the team she wants to be a part of what we're doing. And she's really unselfish. I mean, you look at – um, she finds people. She does a lot of things. Plays great defense, and you know, there's there's absolutely no ego in that in that kid, and I, and I love it. You know, she I knew she was special um, as a as a person and a player, but um, I, I think it's been a pleasant surprise just what she could do to our program and, and leadership. I, I think your all of our players have stepped up. Dinah Jones, Crystal Freeman, and Sue Clark. I, I think have matched her intensity and it's made them better. Well, it's pretty interesting because you mentioned Donna, and of course I did several of her games at Curtis as well, and a you know, smooth left-hander who can you know, shoot the ball and, and can dribble penetrate, always liked her game. It's a really tough job to be on the college level now. You have to recruit well, and then you've got to re-recruit because of the transfer portal and what's happened here. And you know what I'm getting at. You get Moon in here. And that you lost a terrific player that you recruited and worked so hard to get last year, and she played like it every step of the way. Uh, that it's the given and taking away, but it's got to be tough to be doing what you're doing now, considering the way the rules are. Well, I'll tell you, I've been a little spoiled at Tulane. We have had very little transfers up until last year. We had had one transfer in eight years, um, and so yeah, that was a big adjustment to have kids all of a sudden look in and go in other places. And also, you know, we, we took three in. We took two, three transfers in. So yep. um, it's a different world. And, and Tulane has been a special place because they value the degree. It's such a great degree. So a lot of times if kids aren't playing right away, they, they think about the degree and the parents remind them of that, and we stick with it. Crystal Freeman's a great example. She didn't play much her freshman year mm-hmm. and came back her sophomore year and was, was most improved player in the league. And, and that's kind of what patience will do for you. And – yeah, I, I think that it, it hurt us, but uh, my gosh, the, the gift we got them transferred in was, was was pretty good too. So it's a different day in coaching, no doubt. Yeah, I mean it's it's just a different animal, and and people are going to poach. I mean that's clear. So it's just part of the deal now, and and you have to accept that. That was a disappointing day when that happened. When I saw that, of course, uh, with your Kayla, and yet you know, you're four and zero, and your team is playing together as mentioned, tough, and now. You, know, you get a chance to make a short trip to Baton Rouge and go play uh, the, uh, the Lady Tigers and Kim Mulkey's team. They've lost a game already to a good Florida Gulf Coast team. What do you expect tomorrow? Well, just as always, no matter where the teams are, it's always a great game between the two programs. And, uh, you know, obviously Kim, um, she has a really aggressive defensive style. They've got some size, and they really – I mean, they've got four really big kids, and, and they, they do a great job of, of scoring in the paint and second-chance shots. And 
um, you know, we've, we've got some great speed, and I, I think we shoot the ball pretty well. And so it's, it's definitely going to be contrasting styles. Um, you know, in some ways, we have so many Louisiana kids on our roster. And we were looking today, I think LSU has one. Um, so when you say a state rivalry and things like that, I mean, I think more of our kids are, are from the state of Louisiana. So it probably is a bigger game on their, on our schedule, just because I, I think our kids love to go up there and play. And, um, but it's a great, it's a great challenge for our team. I, I think the schedule we have and the way we've handled it are going to make us better. And our league is so strong right now that, um, you know, I think a game like against LSU is just going to help us. I should mention, too, that Moon Urson named the American Athletic Conference Player of the Week today, averaging 19.5 points a game for Tulane in a 2-0 week last week, averaging 7.5 boards a game, 5 of 10 beyond the arc, just did everything well for the Green Wave. After the LSU game, you're going to play in a Thanksgiving Classic a Friday and Saturday and making the trip to a uh, pretty good trip there to Denver, Colorado. Talk a little bit about that. Well, uh, my former assistant Dosha Woods is the head coach out at Denver, and uh, we're going to go out there and see them. We're not we're not scheduled to play them, but it, it's kind of nice to take your team to places that uh, they haven't seen. We were hoping to see a little snow, uh, but I don't know that we're going to see any. But uh, yeah, to play Wyoming and you know play some teams that we ordinarily wouldn't play here, I think it's a great advantage. And then the next weekend we have a different experience where we go to Miami. And yep. go down and play an, a, a, you know, an ACC team in Miami. So I think that makes you better. We've always gone on the road, um, non-conference. We've always tried to play really good teams. And hopefully that's something. I, I think this team has really gained some confidence because we've played a pretty good schedule. And then, of course, you got your annual traditional holiday tournament that you've had for many years at Tulane following that. And then, of course, getting into American conference play. First and foremost, this has been a tough league over an extended period of time one notable subtraction recently with UConn but clearly this remains a tough league what do you see with the American this year well South Florida lost to UConn yesterday by seven and so they had a a really I mean they're very good they returned everyone Um, you also have I mean they they beat Oregon today Oregon was number nine they beat them today so that really shows what they're made of you got Central Florida that that it was within five points of of uh Tennessee. So we've got some good, good teams. You got Houston that's, that's really returning to all their squads. So I, I think the top is going to be really, really competitive. And again, sometimes in our league, we don't get numerous bids. So you got to try to be in that top three or, or top two or top three to get the NCAA tournament. And, you know, we're just hoping some of these non conference games can be significant when it comes to March. Um, but I do think that we returned four seniors and those four seniors came back because they wanted to win the championship and it, we, we just got to keep getting better. And I, I think we got a chance. I do too. And, and speaking of the women's game, of course, you know, Baylor has been in a league program under Kim and she's in LSU now, but you look at what Dawn Staley's done in South Carolina. It's remarkable. And, and if anyone <laughs> was paying attention today, they would have noticed that South Carolina really whipped UConn, just took them apart in the second half, first half was a different story, but the second right. half, South Carolina was just dominant. They were such a good team, aren't they? They really are. I mean, it, it, COVID is such an interesting – it's an interesting year now because I think basketball is going to be great. Um, you've got all these seniors that are returning. Dawn returned all of hers and then, then added a couple to it, and they were very good last year. So it, it's going to be even better because you've got these fifth-year seniors 
um, that they're really on a mission. And, you know, again, you got Stanford has lost the game to Texas, but you know, Stanford's going to be really good. But it is amazing. Um, I think this year, probably more than any, yeah, there's some teams that are going to compete at the top, and it's going to be a great NCAA tournament. And last but not least, I'd be remiss not to broach the subject of equality and being treated like the men's tournament is treated. The subject, of course, was addressed significantly about whether they should combine the two events and about the overall treatment in terms of accommodations and, and the way the attention is paid to the events. Uh, what did you take away from that? Was it positive? Do you think these events should be one, or do you like being separate? Um, I personally like being separate. I, I think it should be equal. I think the opportunities should be equal. The 68 teams and opportunities, I think the way they've done the sponsorships and things should be should be equal. I think women's basketball can hold their own. Uh, they've got us right now. They have us grouped in with a lot of other sports, and I think we can hold our own. Um, being separate from the men, I think you have a different fan base. You have different attention to it. I, I would love to keep it separate and you know, not be swallowed up by the men's final four and just the interest in that. Um, but I, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but, but I, I think the, on the women's side, I think we're really fighting to be separate. Well, I, I think it's about time that that's addressed. I'm glad it has been. And certainly the movement to 68 is a, is a first step and a good step and, and creates more opportunity. And I'm, I'm hugely in favor of that and glad to see it occur. Of course, Tulane and LSU tomorrow evening and what should be an intriguing contest for the 4-0 Green Wave under Lisa Stockton. Lisa, always a pleasure. It's great talking to you. And again, happy Thanksgiving to you. Keep up the great work as you have for so many years. Oh, well, thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. It's our pleasure. Thank you. Lisa Stockton of Tulane University. All right, it's 260-1061-504-260-1061. We'll take a brief time out when we return. The latest on the LSU coaching situation and the Pelicans back in action tonight. Glad you're with us on this Monday night edition of All Access. Rudy Dixon, our producer. I'm Ken Trahan. Back in a moment on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Hey, parents, here's some good news for America's future. Kids ages 5 to 11 are now eligible for a COVID vaccine. That means all those future CEOs and artists, world-class chefs and sports stars, the engineers and the innovators are eligible for a vaccine that can help protect their future. And it's specifically formulated just for them. Find vaccines near you at vaccines.gov. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Welcome back to the quickest podcast ever. Brought to you by Kohl's. Today's topic, Black Friday. The best day of the year. And Kohl's always has the best deals. I'm for sure getting a coffee maker for my sister and a new blender for me. A little self-gifting, huh? Yep. I saw some super soft bedding, too. My mom will love it. Ooh, sounds cozy. There's even an extra 15% off, and you can get Kohl's cash. Oh, so you can go back for more. You know it. Select styles. Offers end November 26th. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. This Black Friday at Ulta Beauty, we're celebrating a little more. All week, in fact, which means a lot more Black Friday deals. November 21st through the 27th, get up to 50% off the hottest brands, plus score even more deals dropping all week long. And cross a little more holiday shopping off your list with a lot more unbeatable deals. So shop in-store or buy online and pick up the same day. Come celebrate more deals. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Your parents reached for Vicks when you were little. 
Now that you're a parent, Vicks Children's Botanicals Cough Syrup is what you reach for to help soothe coughs and clear mucus without drugs or high fructose corn syrup. That's because it contains natural marshmallow root and ivy leaf to help soothe coughs and clear mucus associated with hoarseness, dryness, and irritants. So look for Vicks Children's Botanicals Cough Syrup, day or night formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Spud here, and you know the first place I go when my family needs to see a doctor's rapid urgent care. I mean, you're in and out of there in 40 minutes, give or take. You spend that much time in an ER just waiting to get triaged. From a broken ankle to a bee sting to a COVID test, Rapid Urgent Care has got you covered with clinics all over Southeast Louisiana. You don't need an appointment. Just walk right in with your ID and your insurance card. Or you can sign up for their health care partnership. Rapid Urgent Care also has a telemed center. Just waiting for your call might save you a trip. Go to rapidurgentcare.com to find out more and to find the clinic nearest you. Want to make this the most unforgettable Christmas? Diamonds Direct is here to help with our most dazzling selection ever and four years zero interest financing. Diamonds Direct showcases are fully stocked with the classics as well as the latest trendy fashion jewelry from world-class designers. You'll get the unbeatable value price Diamonds Direct is known for. Plus, spread your payments over four years, 48 whole months with zero interest. Get holiday store hours, directions, finance details, and see our online gift guide at diamondsdirect.com. Unapproved credit. Hi, this is John from The Silver Slipper, inviting you to join us at our award-winning Jubilee Buffet any Monday through Thursday for our all-new Shrimp Feast, where we feature several fabulous shrimp entrees on our buffet line in addition to our regular lineup. Then on Friday nights and all day Saturday and Sunday, our very popular Crab Feast returns, which has been a favorite here at The Slipper for years. Celebrating 15 years as your friend and neighbor Silver Slipper Casino, we are proud to be your host on the coast. Pass a good time at The Silver Slipper. Your parents reached for Vicks when you were little. Now that you're a parent, Vicks Children's Botanicals Cough Syrup is what you reach for to help soothe coughs and clear mucus without drugs or high fructose corn syrup. That's because it contains natural marshmallow root and ivy leaf to help soothe coughs and clear mucus associated with hoarseness, dryness, and irritants. So look for Vicks Children's Botanicals Cough Syrup, day or night formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on all access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM NASH Icon at NASHFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. The LSU football coaching search. Look, first and foremost, Eli Ricks announcing he's entering the transfer portal. Another loss of a very talented player. Loyalty to Ed Ogeron or uncertainty about the future of the program? Regardless, it's happening. So there's ongoing concern. Decommitments of athletes that you had recruited previously. What does it lead to? I think LSU needs to have a coach hired next week. First of all, it would probably be advantageous for LSU to lose to Texas A&M. I know that is not what LSU fans want to hear, but reason being, knocks them out of any bowl game. Season's over. You can move on and hire your coach. Scott Woodward knows where he's going. Two guys, one guy, three guys, whatever it might be, he knows where he's going with this. Lincoln Riley has never given you the full denial, but is he really part of this? I think the Jimbo Fisher thing is a fatigue thing, and he said as much that he ain't coming, and he's really been animated about that. So I think you probably look past him. Glenn Gilbo of OutKick, 
reporting today that the search is down to three, three candidates. Might surprise you about the names. Dave Aranda, Billy Napier, and Iowa State's Matt Campbell. I wrote about the case for Billy Napier at CrescentCitySports.com, and it's drawn a lot of reaction over the weekend. Some positive, some negative, and some who just don't want to see him leave their beloved Raging Cajuns. It's very interesting to read that. With regard to Aranda, we know what he was, but you know he's really a first-time head coach by and large in his second year. Is that enough? He's had a good year at Baylor. He's a low-key guy. Can he recruit to a big school? Can Billy Napier raise the level of recruiting to a big school? And then there's Matt Campbell of Iowa State. It's pretty interesting when you look at his case as to what they might like about him. He's under contract, first of all, through 2028. He's in his sixth year at Iowa State. They're 6-5 and five this year. They were 9-3 and three last year. It's a tough place to win, so there's that. And he's 41 years of age. Napier's 42. He's won double-digit games for the third straight year, which is really impressive. His team is in the top 25 nationally. And that's in Lafayette, Louisiana, 50 miles from Baton Rouge. Dave Aranda, solid person, low-key guy, good defensive coach. He's proven to be a good head coach at Baylor. But he's only in his second season there as a head coach. Not as much head coaching experience as the other two you're talking about. But how much of the -the off-the-field issues are going to climb into this? When you look at the candidates, none of them seems to have any baggage whatsoever with regard to off-the-field issues. So if Glenn Gilbo's right, it's going to be very interesting. LSU fans might have thought it would be a bigger name, but it doesn't always have to be a bigger name. Nick Saban wasn't a huge name when LSU hired him from Michigan State. I guess that worked out okay. Les Miles certainly wasn't a big name when they hired him from Oklahoma State. I guess that worked out okay. Ed Ogeron certainly wasn't a big name except in Louisiana, and it sure worked out fine in 2019. So it's not always about the big name. Although, as I wrote, if I had my druthers, I'd try to get Lincoln Riley. But I think Billy Napier would be the next guy, at least from my perspective. Where the Pelicans are concerned, they're back in action tonight, right? So they play well against the Clippers, and they got smashed by the Pacers. And now back into action tonight against Minnesota. And again, you're talking about a team they've split with. You're talking about a team that they have a chance to defeat. And if they want to be taken seriously or even to be considered a team that could possibly rally, get themselves into playoff contention at some point, they got to beat these teams. I mean, Minnesota's in the 10th spot. They're 7-9. and nine. Of course, New Orleans is 3-15. and 15. Memphis and the Lakers are tied for the 8th and ninth spots at 500. Trailblazers are one game over. Nuggets are one over. Mavericks, without Doncic, have been losing. They're two over. Then you got the Clippers, who you got a good win over. Utah, who we never seem to beat. Phoenix, who's won 12 in a row. And the Warriors, who have been off the charts. Not catching them. So again, you get Minnesota at home. It's one of those games when you have a chance to beat a team, you've got to find a way to get that done. They need more consistency for Brandon Ingram. It's that simple. And then, 
Who are they going to play off the bench? Saw different players against the Pacers, but that was because of the blowout. We'll see for a unit that's really struggled to produce. We'd like to thank our guests tonight, including Kyle Mosley of Saints News Network, also Frank Selfo of Southeastern Louisiana, and Lisa Stockton of Tulane. Tomorrow night, Jude Young, of course, and we sure look forward to being back with you on Wednesday evening, our pre-Thanksgiving show.